Hello everyone, my name's Adam. And I'm Rob. And this is our second podcast for our show, Screen Bucket. Yeah, and this is the best bits from the radio show. What did we talk about, Adam? Uh, we covered uh, Big Lebowski, as it's the 20th anniversary. Uh, we talked about American Horror Story a bit, Bojack Horseman. Did some movie news, um, another writing technique, and some improv. And I think we can both agree it's our worst one yet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, give us a chance. It's only our second one. Yeah, the young adult genre probably isn't our strongest point, but we got the point across, I think. I don't know. Give me a Harry Potter day and I will smash it. Mm, Potter. Just repeat that for ten minutes. Potter. Our new celebrity. Mr. Potter. Dobby, yeah. Dobby! Wow. <laughs> oh my God. The worst impression. house elf ever. That was the best one. That's if... A- the Dobby was like a horrific, like, mutant oh, Dobby, Dobby. from space, <laughs> sneaking into your house and ripping open your intestines. I live in the shadows. Get away from me, Dobby, you freak. God. I mean, the worst thing you do is teleport into you, surely. Uh, and then you have to birth him. Oh, this is uncomfortable territory. Let's leave it. All right. Perhaps we should start the show. Yeah. And we'll be back in the middle to discuss something else okay places people it's showtime does anyone know the motivation of my character that's how i got the role in jurassic park before that i was in a shampoo commercial what no sugar i want sugar okay okay quiet on the set we premiere in three two one. You're listening to Screen Bucket with Adam and Rob. How do you feel about the autumn, Adam? I absolutely love it. I'm seeing all the dead leaves on the floor. I'm getting very excited. Yeah, and the wetness of the road. Mm. I just love the autumn's... There's something about the smell of autumn, I think. The, the air is starting to get a bit crisp. Starting to get a bit excited for the month to come. And it's kind of on the in-between of being able to wear a jacket or not. Yeah, that's my only criticism, hmm. if I had to have one. But when we get to jacket, when we get to 100% you need a jacket, hmm. it's going to be lovely. Yes. Oh, yes. yes. And we'll probably go filming in the woods again. We will, yes, indeed. If you'll see some cloaked men wandering around the woods, streaming each other, that might be us. Oh, but I wouldn't approach, though, just in case. No. So, Rob. Yes. Autumn's coming. It's getting uh-huh. a bit colder. It's getting a bit damper. Does that mean you're staying in more, watching more things? Yeah, a bit. Um, Fern made me watch American Horror Story, the newest series. I've watched mm. all the other ones, and they're very spooky, very good autumn watching. I didn't like Roanoke, the last one, that much, but this one kind of picks up on the strength that they past uh, seasons used to have. It's called Cult, and um, it's about basically centers around this sort of right-wing extremist type played by Evan Peters, who's got strange, silly blue hair, and he decides to form a cult. Cool. And uh, it's very much centred around the election between Hillary and Donald. Oh, really? Yeah, and it's okay. really interesting. It kind of plays on all the fear and all of the hype and the insanity that was going on during that election and how it's almost like a sports tournament to them over there. Like, the, all of the supporters gathering and going wild and... It's almost akin to football hooliganism as they portray it in cult. And it's very good. As usual, I think it sort of maybe has a couple of episodes too many. I always get the feeling of American Horror Story, but they could sort of 
how many, round it up earlier. How many episodes do they have? There's 12 in this one, and they're an hour long. But well, that's not too bad. It it's not be. so much the amount of episodes. It's the fact that after a while, you think they're flogging it. They're right. kind of... They could wrap it up earlier. Okay, that's but interesting. I'd recommend all of them to you very much. Yeah. Um, Evan Peters, who plays Quicksilver in the X-Men movies, is absolutely incredible in it. Every single series, he's brilliant. Yeah, because I haven't actually seen any of it, but it always get recommended to me. Um, it's always the same cast? Yeah, every time. That's, that's quite interesting. So it's like an anthology show rather than series. Hmm, hmm. Yeah, okay, that's interesting. So what have we had? We had Hotel? Yeah, Hotel. Which had... What's the order? What's the right order? So there was Murder House. Right. Asylum. Uh, there's one, like a circus one. Freak Show. Okay. I feel like I'm missing one out. There's been a few. Uh, there's a coven about witches. So there was when was the hotel one with the? Like... That was the season before last. That was one with Lady Gaga in it, and she oh, was okay. really, really good in it. Yes, mm. she's. Uh, I saw a trailer with her in for an interesting looking film. Oh, was that directed by Bradley Cooper? A Star is Born. Yeah. Hmm. Didn't know that's what she looked like. Having not seen American Horror Story, didn't know what that's what Lady Gaga, Gaga looked like. Is that a sequel to the Barbara Streisand A Star Is Born? <laughs> I, that, why, I have no idea. Why am I asking you? Why would you even I know don't that? Know. Because mum, mum was talking to me about it the other day. Oh, she you... said they'll never beat the original. They'll never beat Barbara Streisand. I don't know who Lady Gaga is, <laughs> but she will never beat Barbara Streisand. I'm not sure I've met this mum of yours. I met it's the other one. one. Oh, okay. I don't know where she's from. No. <laughs> she's lovely though. Yeah. Well, okay, that's interesting. So American Horror Story. Mm-hmm. So you're not the. That's not the latest series, though, is it, Roanoke? Uh, no, so Roanoke was one before. Then it was Cult, which is on Netflix. And then the one which is about to come out. Is that Apocalypse? Uh, Apocalypse is the last one, surely. Which is coming out, which is like a crossover of all the originals. Yeah, that's all what the, I've heard. Yeah, came yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. That's not out in the UK yet. But if you want to catch up right. with all of the other ones, go on Netflix. Okay. One day I will sit down and watch them all, I think. Mm. Um, no, that's cool. Um, I've been watching uh, Bojack Horseman. The latest series. Good? Which, yes. But you haven't seen any of it, really, have you? There's something about Bojack, which I just couldn't get into it. Now, yeah. I talked about this the other day. I had the exact same thing. The first time I watched it, I watched maybe the first four episodes. Um, I didn't get it. Not interested. Turn it off. Didn't watch it again for about two years. Tried again. And it's that where I stopped was the barrier. I'm not, I wasn't the only person who stopped at that point as well. Beyond that is when it gets good. It's re- There's a very fine line. Having watched it all the way through a couple of times now, uh, in waiting for the latest series, um, it's interesting watching it, knowing what's going to happen, and going, and there it is. That's uh, the moment. There's a thing you said to me about it, which made it more appealing to me, where he said that, is centers around someone who used to be successful and has all the money and mm-hmm. can't be bothered anymore, and that's kind of where you would like to be one day. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I aspire to Bojack. Yeah. Get it all done and then just be depressed and rich. Yeah. Yeah. Bojack Horseman, what it does differently to everything else, if you forget it's a horse, it's the darkest, most psychologically traumatizing show I think I've ever seen. Oh, wow. It's really, really, really heavy and deep. Or it gets it anyway, hmm. um, with the occasional spark of weirdness. Um, but it's still really funny. 
it's an interesting one. I wouldn't call it an out-and-out comedy. It's more of a dramedy. Right. And there's a lot of mental health stuff going on, and it's apparently quite accurate. Oh, wow. There's a, there's a series three, four, I can't remember, um, which deals with dementia in the most realistic way. And because it's a cartoon, it lets it explain that, you know. Um, I mean, that makes it sound a bit depressing, but it kind of is in a really good way, a positive way. I recommend it. I'll give it another go. Also, the music's really, really good. It's a bit hipster, but I like it. It's LA, so it has to be a little bit hipster. Sure. Um, but yeah. You have one message. Message one. G'day. Sam Neal here. I just watched the new dinosaur film. Uh, I wasn't happy about it. Uh, one of the dinosaurs, is flaming smiled at me. I wasn't having that. So I uh, put together a new script. Uh, I thought you, you fellas might like to see it. It's set entirely on the plane. Uh, and all the dinosaurs are talking to me. I knew you guys would like that. So I thought I'd, uh, I'd send it over to the post here. Uh, hope to hear what you think of it. Uh, see you later. Oi, mademoiselle. Would you like to have a film discussion? Oh yes, monsieur. I would love to have an in-depth film discussion with you. Like that do on screen, bucket. With five award wins and over 17 nominations for different awards, including Best Picture, Best Original Screenplay and several Best Actor awards, Big Lebowski is regarded as one of the best films ever made, especially by a lot of people who genuinely love film. Rob, would you agree? Best film ever made? If you asked me 10 years ago, I'd have said no. I hated it. What? What? Sorry, let's stop there. Why? Well... This is the thing. I think I was hungover when I watched it, but having watched it again, mm. it seems like the perfect film to watch hungover. Yes. And yes. now that I have watched it again, I think it's an absolute masterpiece, to be honest with you. Okay, well, that's good. Yeah. That might be time as well, if it's it over time. 10 years. Mm. So the reason we're talking about Big Lebowski is because tonight marks the 20th anniversary of its release in the UK. In fact, I think Cineworld are even showing it right now. Oh, that'd be a good one to watch on a big screen, wouldn't it? It would. So anyway, we decided to watch it this weekend. Um, I think it's one of the... I think it's top five films ever. It's so just incredibly enjoyable. And I think no film has made me laugh this much in a very long time. Mm. I can imagine if you are hungover and starting to fall asleep, you're probably missing most of the humour. Funny thing is about the humour, like it's situational, mm. but it, there's also elements of slapstick in there, which isn't overdone. Yes. He'll have a mug thrown at his head. <laughs> and if you have a mug thrown at someone's head in Scary Movie 6 or wherever they are now, it's not going to be funny. Right. But for some reason in The Big Lebowski, because well, it's him. It's completely unexpected as well. Yeah. Well, it'll just catch you off guard. So let's, uh, let's, let's boil it back a bit. Big Lebowski, what's the story about? So, Jeff Bridges plays the dude, Jeffrey Lebowski, a, would you say, late 30s, early 40s stoner type? Yeah, it's quite uh, indeterminable. The voiceover at the beginning kind of explains that he's a man of the times. Hmm. He kind of reflects that kind of, like we mentioned last time, actually, that kind of uh, slacker, hippie... He's like a lazy sort of demigod of Los Angeles, (laughs) in a weird way. Yeah, absolutely. 
He's someone who doesn't really worry about anything. No. Doesn't worry about money. Still writes checks for 69 cent for uh, orange juice. Um, just quite happy kicking back with a white Russian and playing bowling with his mates. Absolutely. Until one day, two thugs burst into his house, shove his face down the toilet and says he needs they, to come up with the ransom money. They, they demand money because his wife owes them money. He, of course, isn't married. But the big Lebowski is. Yeah, so they, while they're interrogating him, kind of make it clear that they're asking money from a millionaire, or what they believe is a millionaire, not someone who lives in a run-down, shabby apartment with no. nothing in it, apart from a rug, hmm. which one of the thugs, who they describe as a Chinaman, decides to urinate on. Hmm. And he loves that rug. He does. It really holds the room together. Mm. So he so cut to the bowling alley, and he's moaning about the situation to his friend Walter, played John Goodman, by, played by John Goodman, the amazing, incredible John Goodman. Um, Walter's a war vet from Vietnam, and still seems very much in PTSD territory. It's integral to everything he talks about, to the way people are, are around him, how they act towards him. Vietnam's going to come up. Yes, absolutely. Um, he's also incredibly rude to their third bowling companion, Donnie, played by Steve Buscemi. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Who? So the catchphrase we can't repeat here. He repeated a lot, and that's actually... Shut the front door, Donnie. Yeah, that yeah. one. <laughs> I mean, we we found out that uh, that's a result of uh, the Coen brothers getting fed up of Steve Buscemi's character in uh, Fargo. Yes, Fargo, which is the other huge Coen brothers film. Yeah, where Steve Buscemi's character cannot stop talking. <laughs> so this was their sort of vengeance. Yeah. So, they, he, so Walter suggests that the dude should confront the situation head on. And eventually he, he agrees and he go, heads off to the other Jeff Lebowski's house, the big Lebowski, who the thugs mistook him for. He doesn't ask for money, doesn't ask for anything, but he does ask for a replacement rug, or money to replace the rug. Yeah. The big Lebowski, who, he reminds me of Mr. Potter from It's a Wonderful Life. He's a, he's a disabled and very evil money man, who, on the face of it, he's very, he works with a lot of charities supporting people, but there's an edge to him. He's a symbol of, um, you know, the upper class and the... Well, the anti-dude. The anti-dude. Yeah, he is the anti-dude, isn't he? Mm. Mm. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. He hates everything the dude stands for and does not want to give him a penny. He Absolutely. thinks he's already given enough of his money via tax or whatever. Yeah, and he's, he takes offence to the dude not being employed, especially. It takes offence to the dude, yeah. the very essence of him. Yeah, the dude, he's slightly bothered by it, but he, he dudes out. Sunglasses on, he walks out and very calmly steals one of the rugs from his mansion. Fire a chat with... The Big Lebowski's wife, Tara Reid. Yes, who is very clearly a trophy wife. Very young, very attractive. Um, painting her toenails with green nail varnish. And she's got into a bit of nasty business involving a big sum of money and the porn industry? Yeah, as revealed later on. So, the dude goes away, he's got his new rug. Um, and that's when things go a bit crazy. Yes. So he gets a phone call saying that they don't care about the rug, but they need his help. Turns out the wife's been kidnapped. And they ask the dude to 
hand over, yeah, hand over one million dollars and paying him twenty grand. And of course, Walter gets involved and says, "Hang on a minute, why don't we just switch the million with a dummy case mm. and give it to a big bag of his underwear, isn't it?" Yeah. So they swap it. They drive off with the million bucks, following a very silly moment where Walter jumps out of the car and rolls around with his gun. <laughs> yeah. We see them driving off into the distance, the, the baddies with the... the oh, so, yeah, the, the plan is that Walter's going to tackle them, hmm. keep the money. He's thrown out a dummy case. He's going to tackle them with his Uzi. He's got an Uzi. Uh, and then take both lots of money and save the girl. Except they sort of miss... <laughs> yeah, Walter's not in good shape, hits the road hard, and they drive off with the fake cash of money. Jeff crashes for the first of many times. Yes, that poor car. Mm, poor car indeed. <laughs> um, Someone poos in it at one point, I think. Yes, so that's the thing. So they've got the case of money in the car. One million dollars is sitting in the car. They go bowling, where the dude's very unhappy with what's going on. <laughs> they leave the alley. And the car's been stolen. And that's, yeah, well, that's the gist of it. I mean, we could keep on going with the plot, but... Yeah, it's just endless thing after thing after bad, bad, bad. It's situation after situation, and the thing we like about it is the fact that the dude just exists for it all. He is unchanged, he's untempered. He just goes from place to place, completely unaware of what's going on. And I think we agreed that we didn't really know what was going on completely either. Which is quite interesting. Yeah, that again seems to be a bit of a Coen Brothers thing. But that works in this case because we're following the dude's... I mean, you said it, the frustration. Mm. We're, we're getting annoyed with him. Like, what? What's happening now? Who's this person? Why is she Why is she gliding in on a harness? Yeah, yeah, that's no, true. Didn't this film start a religion? Yeah, I don't know much about this. Do you know more? Dudism, is that what it's called? I think... It just basically comes back to the fact that people were so inspired by this character that they just wanted to create a whole lifestyle, not even a lifestyle, a religion around his sort of view towards life and how to approach it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me let me just find out. But let me Google it. Google, Google, Google. Bleep, bloop, blork. Bleep, bloop. Okay, yes. Right, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I found a thing about dudism. So basically it's Taoism-ish. It's the smoke if you got them kind of mentality mellow out uh there we go the idea is this life is short life is short and complicated and nobody knows what to do about it so don't do anything about it take it easy stop worrying kick back with some friends do your best to be true to yourself and others that is to say abide see do you know what that does that relaxes me that's interesting that just relaxes me yeah yeah. think about all the things you worry about from day to day what what are you going to achieve how's your job going to go yeah, as the dude himself says, the dude abides. Which is in reference to a passage from Ecclesiastes. Okay. Uh, one for one generation passes away and another generation comes, but the earth abides forever. Which is a reference to how the dude, much like the earth, can weather change and chaos around him, but still remain the same. Hmm. I mean, that's the point. Like, there's no real character development with him. Is no, there? that's true. Which is he, perfect. He gets frustrated, but actually, the it just levels out again. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, generally, the film is re- we were laughing the whole way through. Um, Absolutely. Do you know what? 
uh, just briefly, it reminded me of, and especially the sort of drug scene sequence where he mm. has that the massive sort of dream sequence. It reminds me of a Terry Gilliam film, and I wonder if that's a nineties film. Um, thing. could be. You know, there's like sort of things coming out of the black. Yeah, and, especially you know, when he's on the run, when he's been drugged, he's been spiked. Yeah, he just has a hallucination of the uh, the nihilist coming after him. Oh, um, the scissors. Yeah, yeah. I suppose a sort of nightmarish dream sort of scape. Maybe that is a 90s thing. I haven't really thought mm. about that before. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, generally, performances are all amazing. Direction by Joel Cohen is Joel, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, really, really good, really strong. Um, yeah, one of my favourite films ever. Fantastic. And now mine, probably. Ah, cool. Ah, proper turnaround. Um, great. We did mention in our podcast that we would actually be talking about Predator this time. Um, but since this is the 20th anniversary, probably be a good excuse to talk about Big Lebowski instead. But we know that there is a new Predator film out. Uh, hmm. Adam's film review. What, what was that? The Predator 2018. Wait, we have a word. Let me guess. He's done something crazy. Show me again, I want to break your neck. Welcome to the Looney Bus. McKenna. Nebraska Williams. That's Coyle. That's Lynch. With Murphs. Why are you here? I don't think you believe me. Come on, man. I had a run in with a space alien. God, he's crazier than the rest of us. <laughs> That's the thing that killed my man. Directed by Shane Black and co-written with Fred Decker, The Predator is the latest confusingly titled instalment in the Predator film series. Veering away from the series' action and sci-fi roots, The Predator makes its first tentative steps into the world of comedy. Yeah. Set in 2018-ish, Army Ranger sniper Quinn McKenna played by Boyd Holbrook, witnesses a spaceship crash land on Earth. Setting out to investigate, Quinn is confronted by a seven-foot-tall killing machine. But, mostly through luck, succeeds in incapacitating the creature. Both he and the alien are captured by government agent Will Traeger, played by Sterling K. Brown. Shipping Quinn off to a military prison to keep him quiet, Traeger christens the alien a predator, and as a team of scientists begin to run tests on it. When the predator escapes, obviously... Dr. Casey Brackett, played by Olivia Munn, survives long enough to recruit Quinn and his dirty dozen of other insane military inmates to try and recapture the alien. But it soon becomes clear that there's a lot more than one threat to worry about. But why did the Predator come to Earth in the first place? Will Quinn impress his ex-wife? And are they really using Quinn's son's autism as a sort of MacGuffin? Ugh. The Predator, while little more than a Reboot! Feels like fan fiction. It consistently jabs at the audience with a wink with every reference to the original film, with some more cringeworthy than others. To be fair to it, some of the humour worked, but this was at the cost of interesting characters, a comprehensible plot, and even, unforgivably, any action worth caring about. Avoid this film. Come on! now not in the presence of nice guys! The Predator. 
and the news at when, when, now. This is the news. DC's upcoming Joker movie has given us a little teaser of Joaquin Phoenix in full makeup for the upcoming Joker movie. In the clip, he's standing around laughing, not in makeup, then standing around laughing in makeup. The makeup does not look very good at all, but this may be a reflection of how Phoenix's Joker will stand apart from those who have gone before him. The not very good at all strategy is one DC have been using for several years now. Let's hope it finally pays off. Are they going to come after him now? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Oh but I agree, the, the makeup, meh. It looked a bit like David Bowie. It did. But I think Joaquin Phoenix is going gonna, is gonna to make that his own. It's that's a more cool. depressing take. It's kind of Shandon the Clown. Yes. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, mm, we'll see. I'm looking forward to that. And talking of first looks, we were also recently given a glimpse of what Chucky will look like in the reboot. The Killer Doll's new appearance has not gone down well at all with his creator Don Mancini. Mancini, who has acted as screenwriter on all of the Chucky films as well as directed the last three, tweeted a photo of Mariah Carey holding up a sign saying, I don't know her, and the words, this is all I have to say on that subject. It's hard to get a proper impression of Chucky from the glimpse we've seen, but it is easy to tell that he looks significantly less ugly and significantly less terrifying. What do you think of that, Adam? I'm... Uh, I, I think the Chucky franchise is my favourite horror franchise. So I'm not 100% pleased. But I'm the same because it's almost as if they're tainting something that's really true to your heart. Because I remember when they brought out out the Scream MTV series, they changed the mask and it made made me hate it. I'll show you the mask. It's just not scary. Uh, See, I just avoided that show completely. It wasn't Mm, very good. Yeah. Is he still writing, Chucky? Um, not anymore, I don't think. I don't right, think he has well, anything then, to do with it. Then it's a different series. I'm not bothered. Mm. It's a shame. When are we getting a new Bond? They keep talking and about they it. They keep talking about Idris as well, don't they? So Daniel Craig's going to... Has he got one more? The last one ended on a cliffhanger. And they like demanding a sequel because they had uh, Christoph Waltz, the um, the baddie, yeah. didn't they? And he's going to come back and do more naughty things. And then they'll round that off. And okay. done. Right. And then, uh, then the film after that will probably be Idris, I imagine. I'm still not. See, Idris Elba is a is a great actor, like one of the best. I don't think he's right for Bond. Do you know what? I I don't care anymore. No, I've been I talking guess. for so long about it. I would have preferred Michael Fassbender. I think he's a close second. I think it's. I just think Idris Elba's too big. He's too big a person to That's be true. a spy. He's massive, isn't he? I don't know. It's a weird thing. Um, who would be good? I always thought that uh, Johnson from Peep Show would be a good Bond. Really? Yeah. It's probably just the suit and big mm. suits around. Anyway. Amelia Clark has got her babies tattooed on her hand. No, not human babies. She doesn't have any. I'm talking about her dragon babies from the... What? Is this news? Yeah. People care. All right. Carry on. Hey. Oh, jeez. It is news. I'm talking about her dragon babies from the greatest television spectacle of all time. Doctors. I mean Game of Thrones. Drogon, Rhaegal and Viserion Viserion are now permanently etched into our favourite mother of dragons. Let's hope it doesn't hold her back in any job interviews. Speaking of Game of Thrones, the show picked up... (laughs) Speaking of Game of Thrones, the show picked up Best Drama at the Emmys. 
with Peter Dinklage also scooping up Best Supporting Actor for his role as Tyrion Lannister. Other notable winners include Fandy Newton, who got Supporting Actress for Westworld, and Claire Foy picked up Lead Actress in The Crown, where she was absolutely magnificent. Bill Hader picked up Best Actor in a role in Barry, which I have not seen. Charlie Brooker and William Bridges picked up Best TV Movie for Black Mirror episode, USS Callister. And the Rick and Morty episode, Pickle Rick, beat the likes of South Park, Bob's Burgers and The Simpsons to the award Best Outstanding Animated Program. And that is the news. Mm, very good. Much better. Oh, You didn't like uh, the Nintendo news last week? No. Why? Exactly. Exactly. Stream bucket on NoFat FM. Beep boop. And that was Born Slippy by Underworld, as featured in Trainspotting. Like the happiest song ever. It, really? Yeah. It's a, it's a great song, but I wouldn't call it happy. Oh, you know, it inspires in my head the Ibiza holiday I never had. Just being on a beach with hundreds of thousands of people just jumping up and down. Yeah, but I suppose that's... See, in my head, it's the epitome of the lies told by cinema. Oh, really? As teenagers. Yeah, yeah. When I was growing up, I used to think all clubs would play that. And it wasn't true. It was all Radio 1 standard chart rubbish. Music moved on, man. Music yeah. moved on. I mean, I, uh, yeah. See, that song in, in my head now summons up this image of urine-smelling alleyways and rubber short skirts and people snogging and oh, you're vomiting s- everywhere. You're so cynical. It fills me with pure ecstasy. Not the naughty kind. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what the lyrics are? Uh, weird, yeah, the, weird lyrics. They made no sense. All right, here we go. Drive boy, dog boy, dirty numb angel boy, in the doorway boy. She was a lipstick boy. She was a beautiful boy. See, right, right, here we go, right. Lipstick. See, this is why it's in my head. It's... Uh, the aftermath of a, a snog with a drunk girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh. the, you know... Hot pants and boob tubes and all sorts. Mm. Yeah, I suppose. Carry on, carry on. Well, where were we? And all in your inner space, boy. You had hands girl boy. Hands girl boy. Hands girl boy. Yes. And steel boy. And steel boy. You had chemicals boy. I've grown so close to you. Boy. And you just grown boy. She said, come over, come over. She smiled at you, boy. Uh, yeah? Okay. What's Doesn't make on? any sense! What's going on there? Doesn't make any sense. Nothing's going on. <laughs> okay, so you had chem- chemicals, boy. That makes sense. Does it? I mean, come on. What else is that going to mean? All right, true. Hmm. But, steel boy. Hands girl boy. It's a masterpiece. We'll never know. <laughs> you know, people might have said the same about Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, it's the weirdest form of poetry. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that's that's that song anyway. <laughs> well, see, right, see, this is the difference. I don't see that as happy experience. I, I see that as something you wake up in the morning and go, ah. True, but then again, I never knew what the lyrics meant until I looked it up, what they read as. So all I got was that sound at the start. Bam, 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 bam. What a happy sound. Yeah. See, it's so firmly entrenched in my head with train spotting and sort of, Mm. Which has some of the grimmest moments ever put on film. Yeah, yeah. That baby, I watched it when I was a bit too young, and that baby like haunted me. Yeah, proper nightmares. Grim. See, I prefer songs, songs of a similar type. 
uh, that sort of make me think of happy stuff is stuff like Primal Scream and even Prodigy, in a way. Prodigy? Yeah, there's a bit of happiness there. There's no... Prodigy is... Prodigy is lose your absolute mind and get violent and angry and dance and barge into people and... Some of them, but like... uh... Smack my naughty, naughty (laughs) female dog up is exclusively played on fight scenes in films. That's true, that's true, that's true. But what about outer space? Oh, that's, that is fun. But that's fun, that's bouncy. Exactly, that's what I mean. That doesn't say to me happiness, that says to me... Or breathe? Hmm. I mean, Firestarter is a bit more punky. Prodigy's touring, you know, maybe we should go and see him. Oh, I'd love to I see him. Are they playing Ali Pali? I don't know, or Brixton or something like that. I think it's Ali Pali. Okay. Well, I mean, see, the ha- that era's happy songs, for me, were all summed up in the locally filmed World's End. The last oh, of yeah. the uh, Tornetto trilogy. Mm. See, there's a lot of music there that was of that sort, but much happier. I guess that's Edgar Wright, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. That's probably where their early 20s sort of... Uh, yeah, probably. Well, they had the most fun. That's, and especially because that, that goes back to, what, 1990, doesn't it? The World's End, where that music was Yeah, of. yeah, yeah, yeah. Really early so 90s, yeah. Primal Scream's in that, I think, isn't it? Primal Scream, yes. Loaded, in mm. fact. Which I think we should play. Do it. Hello, Screen Bucket China Plate. Guy Ritchie here. Um, I've just been up the town drinking a couple of bevies with my good friends, uh, Jason Statham and Vincent Jones. I don't know if you've heard of them. And we just had this great idea to make some more milk and honey, you know. Um, you get together with my old baked bean, uh, you know, Madonna. I don't know if you've heard of her. Um, and we could do like a sort of Bohemian Rhapsody, but about football hooligans. Yes, it's uh, awfully fun. Um, what we'll do is we'll, uh, we'll pop down the battle cruiser, uh, have a couple of drinks, and, and see what you, uh, what you make of it. Anyway, toodles. Rob. Yes. Top five sitcoms. Go. Well, you can't just do that. <laughs> you can't just put me on the spot. Why not? This is a, right, this is a topic I kept seeing on Twitter this week. Uh, I didn't participate because I... To be honest, I couldn't boil it down to five. Um, so I thought I'd get your opinion. Uh, are we doing American or British? Or... No, right. Let's focus it down to British sitcoms. That gets rid of all the friends and... And I know uh, you like Always Sunny, so... Okay, all right. British um, sitcoms. Graham Lynham's going to feature heavily in this, I think. So yeah? IT Crowd, number five. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, it's kind of like everything that the Big Bang Theory wants to be. It's nerd comedy, but... Just not focused on making silly Star Trek references. I agree. I I don't think IT Crowd's that good. I, it is good. It is funny. Graham Linehan, for me, works better when he's working with someone else. Arthur Matthews on Father Ted. Yeah, uh, well, Father Ted's definitely going to be in the list. Dinner Morin on the Black Books. As is that. Um, <laughs> I think, yeah, maybe with IT Crowd, it's the talent more than the writing, because you've got... Catherine Parkinson, Chris O'Dowd, Richard Awadi, mm. Matt Berry, who has over the years become one of my favourite human beings on the planet. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, no, I think you might be right there. Uh, number four. E, um, do you know, I've really got into um, 
Friday Night Dinner. Have you watched that? Oh, really? Yeah. We're going to fall out over this. Why? I hate that show so much. Oh, come on. No, yeah. really, really do. The best person in that is Mark Keith. Yeah, but he makes it. He does make it. Hello, Jackie. So the rest of it is... I right. can't get into it at all. I mean, I only chose that to fill up the list, to be honest. I, I agree. Um, <laughs> Friday Night Dinner is so smug. I hate it. Ah, it's great. Okay, no, we'll, we'll, we'll throw that to one side. I mean, um, the, don't don't forget the sort of childhood favourites. I know I watched a lot of 90s sitcoms, Britcoms. Well, would you include Red Dwarf as a sitcom? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Red Dwarf, straight up to number two. Situation comedy, yeah. So with that in mind, I put number four as uh, Black Books. Okay. Because Dylan Moran and Bill Bailey and Tamsin Grieg are uh, yeah. a tr- trio of just perfect balance. Dylan, is it Dylan Moran, Dylan Moran? Dylan Moran, maybe you're right. He, he's so good. And I love that the Bernard Black character is, I'm, I'm willing to put money that it's the same character in Notting Hill. Yeah. Stealing books. Oh, that's true. You always compare <laughs> me to him when I'm drunk. Yes. Which you, I take as a compliment. Well, it's not, you don't, it's not that you're Dylan Moran, it's that you're his impression of an Irish person. <laughs> I do. <laughs> so number three, um, Red Dwarf. I thought that was number two. Yeah, I've just realised that something else is number two. Okay, Red um, Dwarf. Yeah, Red Dwarf is. It's not just the comedy. The thing about Red Dwarf is, if you have the curtains pulled, cheese and crackers as is our tradition. Mm. It's cosy. It's the ambience. It's the environment. It's yes. You, it just sucks you into that ship. Yeah, and for me, it was kind of my gateway comedy show because mm. a friend of mine's mum was really into it when I was very young, and mm. that kind of just like slight exposure maybe go, what is this? And I dug it because I was the old nerd as a kid, Star Trek and stuff. So a spaceship comedy, yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, it's um, it's timeless. I mean, you, some could argue that maybe the comedy style is a bit dated now. But, I mean, I, I was very surprised to find it. Was it nine, 1988 it came out? Yeah, the first series, 88, yeah. Yeah, crazy. And then it was big in the 90s. And then it disappeared for a bit, came back. And now it's back on form again. Uh, yeah. yeah. Have you seen the latest series? I haven't seen the latest one, no. Uh, yeah. I think... Mm, I can't remember if it's the last one or the one before last. But I think it's now better than it ever has been. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. I will absolutely watch that as soon as possible. It's on UK TV Play on the app for free. Second, Only Fools and Horses. Okay, yeah. It's just, there are moments uh, which everyone would know has gone down in comedy history. Very simple jokes that are just delivered with absolute perfection. Mm. The chandelier, him falling through the bar. My favourite episode which is kind of more of a feature length is when they go to miami have you seen that one it's yeah it's called miami twice yeah, and there yeah, is yeah. um they realize that del boy is a doppelganger for a gangster mm-hmm. and they need to fake this gangster's death so a series of failed assassination attempts occur as a result of del boy's pure stupidity yes and there's a bit where at the end they're stuck in the everglades and they're having a chat <laughs> they're worried about what they're going to do and then all of a sudden an alligator walks behind them yes <clears throat> and Boise, the uh, immortal line, you smell like a vegetarian's fart. <laughs> also, it's funny, I watched the first series again relatively recently, because I had it on... So tape. did I. The first series is very political. Mm. I sort of forget 
that. And I don't think it's hit stride yet either. I didn't think it... No, no, absolutely not. But it's interesting that it was almost a statement of the times. And Mm. over time it became Mm. more about the characters. Uh, It's interesting. And also uh, Rock and Chips is quite good. Yeah, yeah. I didn't didn't watch that. Has it got one of the guys from The Inbetweeners in it? Yeah, as Del Boy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Really interesting, that. Mm. Because it's all about the the family mysteries that are exposed during the series. Oh, fantastic. So... Okay, so that's number two. Number, number one, one by Country Mile, unless I've forgotten something really obvious, is Father Ted. Okay. Father Ted, it, it's close to my heart because um, sort of Irishness is something that's very important in my family. And the humour of it, I've heard, I was listening to a Blind Boys podcast and he was saying that the way that British people view it and the way that Irish people view it is very different because Irish people can quite literally say, I know someone like that. <laughs> Whereas okay, we, we right. just think they're characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, <laughs> the, yeah, it's another perfect balance of characters. You've got Ted, the the frustrated, the furious, the like every single thing that happens to him is agonising. But then he's given glimmers of hope. He's given these opportunities to be a star, to get something done, and then it's all taken away in an instant. Something will go horribly wrong, and yeah. then it, all along he's putting up with Dougal, who's so so stupid but so lovable, and of course Father Jack. Mm. infinitely quotable yeah that, infinitely that whole quotable. show yeah. yeah yeah probably one of the greatest losses to comedy um that i can think of is dermot morgan passing away after the third series because i imagine they could have mm. done another two yeah because he he was just incredible i think the the amount of energy he put into those performances is probably would have been one of the contributions to his to his ultimate downfall you know they're working on a musical are they really yeah who hope, they get to play him hope ted it's called Pope Ted. Yeah. Oh my God. That's amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's Arthur Matthews and Graham Linhan again. See, Arthur Matthews, I think, is. I always find with partnerships, especially writing partnerships, you tend to have. Ones that's successful tend to have a balance of, of good and weird, normally. Uh, so Red Dwarf. I was about to say that went off, off the rails, didn't it? It did go off the rails when Rob Grant left. Uh, so it's uh, Doug Naylor and Rob Grant. Um, and judging by Rob Grant's novels, Rob Grant was the funny one, hmm. and Doug Nader was the sci-fi one. What one was backwards? Rob Grant, I think. Because I remember finding that quite funny. Well, uh, Incompetence. Hmm. I didn't Rob read Incompetence. You did. I lent it to you. Did you not? I swear I've only read backwards. Incompetence is, isn't Red Dwarf. It's uh, it's the third man. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was Rob Grant. That was fantastic. The cheese. Really good. The cheese. Remember the cheese? I do remind me. Uh, he was forced to eat a cheese. A really mouldy, horrible <laughs> cheese. It was like months yeah, old. And he could still taste it. Like. Yeah. Oh, it's brilliant. Um, okay. So. What have I missed out, Adam? Tell me. You've missed out. See, this is what I was showing with Arthur Matthews. Arthur Matthews went on to write Toast of London. Oh, yes. And oh, Toast yes. of London, I think, possibly the best sitcom of like now kind of thing definitely i can't think of a single other thing that could come close again that's matt berry i think matt berry co-writes it yes arthur matthews matt berry yeah that sounds right yeah yeah so yeah and it's got a massive following in america it does have a massive um, following yeah what podcast was i listening to they talk about it in harmontown did i really yeah jeff jeff loves it um yeah really like mixture of weird and wonderful and yeah 
Is but that... he's got a weird friend. He's got a friend group of absolute A-listers out there, hasn't he? Yeah, he does. Yeah. Mm. Uh, in fact, Josh Home from Queens of the Stone Age, a weird yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. turns up in one of the episodes, and they because Adam Buxton does a podcast with those two. It probably helps that Matt Berry's been in like Community and stuff. I think he's in with the LA crowd. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, another one you missed for me. This is going to be one or two, maybe three. One foot in the grave. Oh yes. Yes, definitely. One Foot in the Grave is a show you can watch in any mood and something will make you absolutely roar with laughter. Mm. I remember watching it with uh, with my uh, old housemate, Nick, and we're, we're watching it, we're enjoying it, we're sort of having a chat, we're not really paying attention, and then one thing happens and we were both in tears. What was it? Uh, Victor is lying on the sofa, or possibly the floor, uh, moaning about how horrible life is and how everything's out to get him and how, you know, it, 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 he's just in this dead end of misery. And then the chandelier falls on him. <laughs> <laughs> but we used to talk about at college, the episode that I think is the one of the best things the BBC have ever done is the uh, bottle episode of One From The Grave where Victor's waiting for a phone call. Victor's waiting for a phone call at home and he's just wandering around the house talking to himself. Do you remember this? Vaguely. It, absolutely the best thing ever. Uh, yeah, I'll have to show you that. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Um, okay, what else is there? Uh, see, I, IT crowd, I'd bump straight out. Hmm. Oh, I, did enjoy, I did very much enjoy it. But, like, I agree, it doesn't hold a candle to everything else that we discussed. Bottom? Yeah, bottom. Bottom's one of my favourites. We're coming off with the young ones, maybe. Young ones, but I... that's incredibly dated now. I don't think most most yeah. young people would not be able to watch it. I absolutely adored that as a kid. Hmm. Um, bottom, actually thinking about it, I prefer the live shows to the sitcom, but it's still very very solid. I think. Hmm. Um, it's interesting they're all BBC. Hmm. Um. Pardon, Peep Show, you mentioned. I would I would keep Peep Show. Peep Show mm. is... Ah, and there's one more. Again, BBC. I'm not sure you've seen it, but I adore this show. Uh, with Johnny Vegas, Ideal. Oh, you've showed me some of it. Johnny Vegas is a drug dealer in Manchester and deals with a very, very weird group of people. And it's it ju- just gets weirder and darker and stranger. Is like a human mouse? Cartoon head, yeah. He's a hitman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And uh, yeah, great, good stuff. But I think we can both agree, Father Ted, should exceptional, we... exceptional, definitely. Should we give an honourable mention to Mighty Boosh as well? That's, that hmm, is that a sitcom? Yeah, oh, I guess not. I guess it's got a. I guess it is a situation, hmm. and it is a comedy. Yeah. Anyway, we've been talking way too long about this. Do you know what I forgot about? What's that? Faulty Towers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, we don't even have to go into why that is just on another level. John Cleese. Yeah. It's also one of those shows that shouldn't be good, but it is. It's a mm. farce and they shouldn't work, technically. It was a result of the Monty Python lot staying at a hotel with a ridiculous yeah, hotel in, owner, wasn't in it? in Torquay, yeah. 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 Fantastic. Um, yeah, that's great. Thing. That's class issues. That's, uh, yeah. I'm just going to slap that at number one and leave it there. <laughs> Everything else can move up. Oh, it's all messed up. This is why I didn't bother with the list. <laughs>
Hello, us again from the podcast. Since recording, there's been a hell of a lot of sitcoms that have crossed my mind that we didn't mention, and I feel terrible about it. Um, th- have you got any more that you've thought of? No. Okay. No, so I don't. Rem- I have, I'm of no use. We remembered Faulty Towers as we filmed, as we played a song, but what we didn't mention, and I feel horrible about it, Spaced, like the best sitcom ever made you're young. looking at me blankly no i'm not i'm just i'm just thinking young adam you're like simon Pegg, weren't you well yeah that's you that's sort of my core influence to do any of this um so space is a huge one uh remember hayden badly yeah oh come yeah. now yeah. Yeah. space was my teenage years remember hayden badly were my 20s <laughs> really yes yeah, my life i forgot my life what was the theme tune again Memory badly. Ooby dooby doo boo boo. Pretty much. Okay. Oh, yeah, see, I hate that. What? Grim. It makes me think of a pair of knickers on a saxophone. That's exactly. That was the intro. Oh, was it? <laughs> I'm pretty sure, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, I love Memo badly. I'm shocked and appalled. <laughs> uh, what else? I mean, you've got the classics like Steptoe and Son that I used to watch. Never seen it. Never seen Steptoe nah, and Son? I've heard very good things about it. Terrible. You're a terrible human being. Have you got no more to add? Well, what, I probably won't enjoy it anymore, but I remember really liking My Family when it was on. Ah, uh, yeah, actually. Yeah. yeah. Nick. One of my favourite... Nick? Memory of absolutely crying so I can breathe. It was me and my brother... Watching the Christmas special. With all the Christmas trees in yeah. the room. Yeah. Yeah. When my brother goes, I have no control. We were both just in tears on the sofa watching that. Because he keeps poking his head out of different trees, and then there's a chase scene, isn't there? Yeah. Loads of it's like turning to Vietnam. It's the best. It's absolutely best. Um, yeah. I'd never liked. What's that hero one? Oh, my hero. My hero. No, that was annoying. And then they did the really freaky thing where they imposed his head onto the baby. Mm. And it was really strange. And it moved in a really weird way. Yeah, what the hell was that? It was like something out of a razor head. Awful, awful. Bad, bad news. Mm. There was something else. Oh, we just talked about it. Smoking Room. Oh, yeah. Smoking Room is the epitome of the Britcom, and not many people have seen it. No, I've... I've... Definitely haven't seen it. I think it was BBC Three, and it was around the time Monkey Dust was on, and possibly Snuffbox, and possibly Mighty Boosh. I can't remember. But Smoking Room was great. Smoking Room is a group of people who hate life in a room where they're killing themselves, and they're not happy about it. And it's the funniest thing ever. Fantastic. That sounds right up our street. Do you know what I just remembered? Literally just now. What's that? The Inbetweeners. Oh, yeah. I was going to mention this. I've never seen it. Huh? And I have no interest in seeing it. Oh, in between us, anyone who's been to like sixth form in school can relate. It's And it's especially like, I wasn't a popular kid, but I wasn't quite a nerd. I was probably one of them. Mm. So That's why I don't like I, it. I can relate. That's why that. I don't like it. It's the same reason I like skins. They're social conversations and stuff, but they're not cool. They're not on drugs all the time. They're not like no, wearing but, the hipster clothes. They're all a bunch of just... Both in between us and skins are both like versions of my life if it was better mm. that's what bothers me like skins is oh yeah this is our life if we had money mm. and you beautiful women you 
sods. <laughs> you know, in between is yeah, same thing. That's why I've never watched it. To be fair, yeah, fair. Mm. it's very funny. They're all doing very well now. They're not. Yeah, I think smoke. Mm. Friday night dinner. I like it. I like it. <sighs> anyway, let's go back to the show. Adam's film reviews. A simple favor. 2018. A few weeks ago, I met Emily. This wonderful, elegant person. Our sons brought us together, actually. Come here, little dude. Can me and Miles have a play date today? Your drink? Does your kid drink? Maybe? I mean, it's never too early to start teaching. I think you're joking, but great. Every time we do this, I feel so high tone. <laughs> Wanna trade confessions? No, no. Come on. What's the wildest thing you've ever done? She is an enigma, my wife. You can get close to her. You can never quite reach her. She's like a beautiful ghost. Did you just take my picture? Erase it. I guess I'm probably not the kind of person you're normally friends with. Oh, you do not want to be friends with me. Trust me. Directed by Paul Feig and written by Jessica Shaza, A Simple Favor is a mystery thriller film based on a novel by Darcy Bell. Anna Kendrick plays Stephanie Smothers, a widowed single mother who runs a small-time vlog between over-enthusiastically helping out at a local school. After school one evening, Stephanie meets her complete opposite, Emily Nelson, played by Blake Lively. A PR director at a fashion firm, Emily is curt, sharp and knows how to handle herself. The two begin an unusual friendship, but things take a twist when Emily leaves her son with Stephanie and, seemingly, disappears. Setting out to investigate Emily's disappearance and later presumed death, Stephanie enters into a relationship with Emily's widowed husband, Davis, played by Eric Johnson. But as the mystery grows deeper, the finger of suspicion begins to point towards Stephanie, and we begin to see the real Emily. If Gone Girl's high literature, a simple favour can safely be lumped in with the trash you pick up at a railway station at 5am. It's light, it's pulpy, and, I mean, surprisingly, it's actually pretty good. Full of twists and turns, and with some great performances by Anna Kendrick and Blake Lively, a simple favour delivers as a light stab of mystery fun. Some of the humour can feel a bit out of place, sometimes a bit dull, but it's not enough to turn me away. This is worth checking out. I want to know your secret. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Let's move on. So, we, uh, we don't just talk on the radio. We're also storytellers, writers. Uh, we've got a couple of films in the works. Um, as mentioned last time, I'm a bit of a structure guy, I'm a bit of a nerd. Nerd! And uh, I uh, find it quite fascinating the way different writers uh, pull together stories. Um, so I've developed some tactics myself. But one of the. Ugh. Nothing, 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 nothing. Look, smite. It's, it's all useful stuff. And when you, especially when you're starting out, I think you have to learn these sort of rules. No, you're absolutely right. And then you break them and you do your own thing later on. That's true. Um, That's true. So in light of the Emmy win, uh, I thought I'd take a look at Dan Harmon's story circle. What's that? So this is relatively well publicised. I think he's talked about it a lot. Um, But this is what he uses for... uh, I think he developed it before Community, but it definitely was 
very there in community. Uh, but also Rick and Morty. He uses the same technique to tell every story, every episode. Um, it's based on Joseph Campbell, a very famous writer who developed this this system, this hero's journey. Have you heard of that? Yes, I have. Yeah, studied it in uni. Mm, yeah, so. <laughs> The story circle is very similar to that. It's just putting it into perspective. In fact, I butchered this for our own web series, uh, made a more simplified one for us. But I'll just go through this. Um, so the story circle is eight points. So the story circle is, if you imagine the circle, can you imagine the circle? Is it got any corners? No. Oh, uh, yeah. I a know. lot of people fall down on that. I know that one. Yep. So if you uh, divide it in half vertically. Right. And then divide it... In Again, horizontally. It's a quarter? Yes. Right. <laughs> I know, that's a weird way. I'm reading it off the website. Okay. That's a weird way of saying it. Anyway, going round clockwise, uh, equal bits, uh, you do the numbers one to eight. So at the cross points, you've got three, five, and seven. Anyway, anyway. anyway. So as you go round the circle, uh, you start at number one. A character is in a zone of comfort. They are happy. Or at least they're in a position where they're not in danger. Um, but they want something. Okay, so they enter an unfamiliar situation, adapt to it, get what they wanted at a price, and then return to their original location changed, a changed person. Okay. So the simplest way of putting that would be um, okay, you wake up, you're at home, you're in bed. What a lovely day. Indeed. You want uh, a bowl of Weetabix. Yes, my favourite. Mm. But there's no milk. Oh, goodness me. So, you set out to get some milk. Cool. Doopy doopy doo. But on the way, the road's been closed. Oh my goody, aren't the roads been closed? Because of a parade. A parade? I didn't know that was today. So you go to a different shop. Ooh. Uh, S and... S-mart. And then realise you've got no money. Oh, curses, I've got no money. So you steal the milk. I'm taking this milk for myself. They've got plenty more. You'll get... you get caught. Oh, Dickens, it wasn't me. I mean, the It wasn't me. <laughs> I'm I'm under a lot of stress at the moment. I need milk. Uh, uh, and somehow you get more milk. Uh, I, I'll go straight to the farm. And then you return home. Ah, that cow gave me loads of milk. Having changed. I now I'm, feel like I'll never steal again. Yes, now you're able to milk a cow. And now I can milk a cow. There's an episode of anything. That is a, that is a story. So it's very heavily based on Hero's Journey. Uh, the way we, the way I butchered it when we were writing our web series was I made it more, um, less points. It was more, uh, you're someone, you need something, something goes wrong, you fight back, you win. Mm. That was kind of the, the more basic version of that. Mm. So I think it, and I found that when we were writing that really helped. What did you think? Definitely, because we knew where we had to go. It wasn't like you start writing and you're thinking, well, how am I going to get to the end? You break it down into smaller parts, and you know mm. that, well, to get to here, I have to get to here. This has to happen. This it, has uh, to happen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it keeps, it keeps the story moving. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, you don't get bogged down. Especially, I think we went as far as to put page numbers of where it should happen mm. and then vaguely give or take, keep to that as we could. Um, so, yeah, so that's the story circle. Next time you watch Rick and Morty, especially, you can see that so clearly. Mm. Um, often it starts with they're doing something else. Red Dwarf did this as well. They're doing something else, having a chat about something. Something happens. And they're whizzed off into this problem. Whizzed off. Some, they have to then solve the situation, go back home. Mm. Reset button. That's the big sitcom thing, the reset button. Um, what else does that? I'll tell you what doesn't do that. Maybe uh, Simpsons. You ever notice the story structure of the Simpsons? Uh, no. Something happens. Mm. They go and do something. Mm. Then they realise something else. And then they do that thing instead. That's true. And every, every episode is the same. Doing that more and more frustratingly in the newer ones. I don't know if you ever catch a new episode. No. It's kind of poorly put together. Mm. Like it will be like the episode will just go in a completely different direction like halfway through. Yeah, I think that's the first time I noticed that kind of structure mm. taking place. Um, but there we go, it's the story structure. So now we're going to try and apply the Dan Harmon story circle to our very own improvised screenplay. Um, as last time, we're going to pick some words. I've got a big list in front of me, including genre, location, and we're going to choose a couple of characters. And we'll try and build a story using just our brains. Oh dear. Oh dear oh indeed, dear. yes. So I'm going to run my finger over the page. Uh, Rob, without looking, I want you to tell me when to stop. Stop. <laughs> what? What is it? Young adult. Young adult. Mm. Oh yeah, go for it. Cool. Uh, okay. Uh, one more time. This time's the location. Stop. Mountains. Ooh. Mm. I haven't done the mountains before. Mountains, Bilbo. Uh, I want to see mountains, Gandalf. That's mountains. the one. That's the one. So we can do characters now. We'll do two of these. Stop. Police officer. Ooh. Ooh. And. Stop. Journalist. Young adult. Who's the young adult? It's for a young adult thing. You need like a. Well, it could be a, it could be a high school journalist. Let's do that. Yeah, okay. All right, we'll, uh, we'll be back after, speaking of high school, Boss of Me by They Will Be Giants. Decent. While on the set, hope you got your popcorn and large soda ready, because you're listening to Scream Bucket with Adam and Rob. Oh, what a lovely, delightful morning. Ah, do you know what? Before I start my day, I'm going to have a lovely breakfast with fine brown bread, lashings of butter, some freshly squeezed orange juice, and some cereal. But you know what? I should really see what's going on today. As I am the school journalist, maybe there'll be something going on in the news that can inspire me with my work. I'll turn on the television now. And you join us now speaking with Constable Bobby. Constable, we understand you're on the trail of the Bigfoot. Is that right? Hello, hello, hello. Yes, we're on the trail of the Bigfoot. Some would call it a yeti. We have un- we understand that it's been prowling about, scaring cats and old women. Oh, oh no. Well, we understand that the yeti, you say? That's right. Actually, it might be a young man. 
A young man? Oh, how frightfully interesting. What do you say about that, Verma? If it is a young man, he's very, very hairy. I'm not sure I trust him. We'll be setting off at 12 o'clock into the mountains of Gloucestershire. Oh, good heavens. I live in Gloucestershire too. Perhaps, perhaps there's a story here. Yes. Oh, good dang it. Perhaps I should follow this, uh, this league of law enforcement and see what I can make of this yeti character. Yes. Oh, Mumsy! Mumsy! Hello, 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 walking on the trail. Do, 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 Bigfoot, where are you? Mm, uh, hello? You there, you there, excuse me. Yes. Hello, what are you doing up Are you Constable Doc's body? No, I'm PC Constable Bobby. Oh yes, of course you are. And what are you doing up this mountain? Well, you see, if you don't mind, I'm my school's journalist. And I'm doing a story about um, the Yeti, and I would like to follow you to see if I can, you know, bring something back to the school to make all the other, my other classmates, all my peers, giddy with excitement. Miss, this is a very dangerous place. You don't want to be around here. Oh, I can handle danger. I watched Knight Rider, and it's very dangerous indeed. Look, I know people like you have been sitting at home watching Making a Murderer and To Catch a Yeti, and you're no... Meatloaf, let me tell you that. You just get in the way. I'm not interested. Go oh. home. Oh, no. Well, you haven't thought about it properly, you see. This could be really good for um, community police officer relations, you see. If oh. you show that you're... Yes, yes. If you show you're supporting a fine young damsel like me in my educational uh, journey, then perhaps, you know, you could be honoured. Regaled, in fact. It's in your best interest to take me with you. Come along, then. But, oh. s- but keep quiet. Oh, delightful. Of course. Yes, yes. Hello, hello, hello. What's the word then? Stay back, miss. Something's coming. Luckily, I've got a stick. Oh, oh my, you're so incredibly brave. I'll just stand here with my notepad and pen and a light. Oh, hey, bro. What? Hey, bro. What's up? What? What the hell are you? Oh, I'm Yeti, bro. Hmm. Alright, get, get away from me. No, you see, uh, I'm pretty woke up here alone. I uh, like to prance around in the woods and uh, mince around in my furry, furry skin. And I don't want you, uh, you know, taking my rights, man. This is, this is my territory. You, you're not the Bigfoot. You're just a hairy little boy. I am Bigfoot, bro. Don't you put a label on me. I'll be whoever I want. Get away from me right now, or this truncheon's going in your brain. How about no, cop? Piggy, piggy, piggy. Right, that's it. Hey, I got rid of your cop friend. I'm pretty sure he's completely unconscious. Oh, you frightful beast, you. You maniac. And yet, I can't help but feel interested in you. Oh, well, that's because of my hairy, rugged chest and my, my sparkly, shiny skin. You see, I'm actually a bit of a helpless romantic myself. Oh, my, you're making me all giddy around the knees. Um, I, I do say, um, my name is Judith. What's yours? 
Oh, haven't you been reading the news? I'm the Yeti. Oh, well, you're not really, are you? No, you're more of a, more of a, a, a really, really attractive boy. Oh, Yeti! Uh-huh. Yeti! Who's that? Who's, who's that? What, what's that young lady you're with, son? Oh, Mum, please, um, go away for a second. I, I'm doing really well here. You can't be mingling with humans. We've talked about this. Oh, your mother is also very hairy. What's going on? <laughs> I was thinking, you, this is the point where I should, the mum should sort of, we're trying to stay secret. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay, right, yeah. You, you did the hairy line, I, I replied to that. <clears throat> well, you're very bored. Well, that's in- incredibly rude of you. We're just trying to live quietly up in our mountain resort in Gloucestershire. Well, hang on a minute. This could be the story of the century, eh? I... No, I urge you. not. Do not report on us. Oh, but I beg ye, I could take it back to my school and get extra praise. And I could go to Cambridge University. <laughs> yeah. But... But should I... What could I do to these darling, hairy, hairy human beings? Well, I think you should just go out with me. I don't really care what Mom says. Oh! Well, I'm going to go bake a pie. Do you know what? I've really come to a point in my life where I think that perhaps... Perhaps journalism shouldn't be needlessly reported without the the thought of uh, what it could do to the lives of other folk, other charming people who may live odd and different lives that maybe some of us may not be able to understand. Perhaps, perhaps I've changed. Perhaps, maybe, what I write in future will be done with respect for my fellow man, no matter how odd or bizarre they may be. Oh. Oh, suit yourself, girl. I'm going to go and flirt with the Girl Scouts. No, you, you do that. I'm going to go and start my new life. Goodbye. Well, there we are. That's a young adult novel story. I feel like that was the worst one. Yeah. Hmm. Well, it's a story circle. <laughs> we at least we accomplished that. We educated you guys. You go and uh, you go and make your masterpieces now. You know exactly what to do. Mm. Let's put a song on. Hello, hello, Screen Bucket. It's Ian McCallan here, Sir Ian McCallan to you. I'm calling up because I'm very, very annoyed. Patrick Stewart first has got a new part, reprising his role as that bald-headed space buffoon in Star Trek, and now he's stolen my cover back. I'm very, very annoyed. I'm beside myself in rage! Now if you don't call up, sir, 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 my foot, Patrick Stewart, this instant, and get me back my camembert, I will bring all of my rage upon you and your stupid radio show. That is all. Do it instantly. Good day, Adam and Rob. 
So that's it for uh, this evening's episode, folks. But we've got um, some things to look forward to in the coming month. Yes. October is my favourite month. Ditto, same here. Um, big, big horror fans, therefore big Halloween fans. Absolutely. Um, I am probably more about films than I am about dressing up. I'm equally both. Okay. That's, mm. Yeah. I've got uh, my costumes at the ready. Have you really? Yes. At the end of that, yeah. <laughs> there might be a ghost shark making an appearance. Ooh. There might be... Well, we can invite Sasquatch. I don't know if I've got a Sasquatch costume. Um, yeah, he's he seems a bit busy at the moment. He, he was in a bit of a strop when we had our fish and chips the other day. He's always in a strop. That's true. Um, I hate him. Can I say yeah. that? I, tol- I don't hate him, I tolerate him. He's probably listening to this. We don't want to hurt his feelings. That much. No, true. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we've got some interesting things uh, planned for October when it starts. Um, for good or for real, I'm planning on doing my 31 films of October again. The last two years I've done reviews every day, watched a horror film, written a review. This year I'm going to try something a bit harder. Oh really, what are you going to do? I'm going to try and do vlogs every day. Oh, God. Watch film, review it as a video. Are you insane? Yes. Every single day? Every single day. October. 31 days. Better you than me. Hmm. Um, you, you should know, do something too. What I am going to do, and what we are going to do, we uh, last year we released an absolute masterpiece called There Were Sightings, featuring... Um, uh, it's called... It wasn't called... Oh, it swims in the leaves. It swims in the leaves, yes. Which is going to now become part of the There Were Sighting saga Yes, going on. Every now and again, when we get the energy, we are going to film an absolutely god-awful film in the woods. <laughs> and last time it was about a ghost shark. Um, we've got one which we're working on. You might, you will definitely get one between now and Halloween, yeah. which you can keep out for on our YouTube channel. You might even get two. I will be writing another one. I kind of want to do a slasher. Yes. It's straightforward, man in a mask, mm. slasher. Let's do it. All right, let's if do we it. Say we, if we say we do it, we've got to do it. Well, yeah, that's true. That's the benefit of having this show, I suppose. Mm. Um, let force ourselves into a corner here. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're going to have uh, a couple of horror-themed shows next couple episodes uh, to celebrate Halloween coming up. Um, don't let that put you off. We won't just be cackling like witches there will be cackling like there will witches. be much cackling yeah but it won't all be bad so please do tune in um, if you like horror it won't all be bad as in <laughs> evil it won't be all be evil <laughs> some of it will be nice no. it'll be good it'll be really good please please tune in uh yeah and that's the end of our show uh I hope you enjoyed it Rob you're not looking very happy I've not had a very nice day, to be honest. Oh, dear. Yesterday, I went to see Arsenal play, who I don't support. I don't support them. My friend had a spare ticket, and I got quite drunk, Mm. knowing full well that this morning I had a filling appointment at the dentist. Oh, dear. So I woke up this morning very hungover, and don't go to the dentist with a hangover. No. Never drink the night before. (laughs) So I, I was mentally very weak. Yeah, and um, it was a horrible experience. She came at me with the needle first to anaesthetise me. <laughs> Did you offend her? 
So, oh, I don't know, apparently. <laughs> she came with me. She did. I didn't sign. I wasn't even in the dentist. Yeah. It was hard. Ah! It was... Ah! <laughs> away from me. No, this was in Sainsbury's. <laughs> um, she, yeah, she got the needle and uh, she went to town on my gums. Like, stab, scrape, stab, scrape. Oh. And I was like, that's... That's done the trick because you've mauled me. There's mm. no gum left. There's got to be. That's got to be done. No more pain. And then the filling happened. After the horrible cle- teeth cleaning, she uh, scrapes the living goodness out of my tooth, and it was agonisingly painful. I'm not gonna lie. Wanted to cry. Lasted way longer than I thought it was going to. And then it finished, and there was the whole humiliating thing where they pass you the plastic cup and expect you not to drool everywhere. <laughs> By this point, my entire jaw was numb. So. Slobbered into a cup, and then had to go back to work and the rest of the day with the hangover and of extremely. Oh, that's your mistake. You shouldn't have gone back to work. Uh, you should have come back to your house, laid on the sofa, and died. Yeah, that's what I wanted to do. Don't know why I didn't. Don't know why I didn't. Don't know why I didn't plan the whole thing better. <laughs> well, next mm. time. Yes, dentists um, are awful. It's like there's two things, three things already freaked me out. People mm. touching their eyes. Mm. To- finger and toenails being ripped off and anything going near my teeth it's the it's those horrible horrible gloves going in your mouth oh yeah yeah it's grim, grim. Uh, I once went to the dentist fairly recently you know then the, they spin the little interdental brush oh yeah and the little spinner the little yeah. drill uh-huh. they got stuck between my teeth uh. yeah that was horrible she was trying to wrench it out oh, oh. not good yeah, someone described to me at work what a root canal actually is today. Ah. Where they like literally like bore down into your tooth and then fill it with stuff, like all the way down. Uh. And we swiftly came to the conclusion that I would much rather have my tooth just yanked out than go through that yeah. process. Or yeah. be put into a self-induced coma <laughs> for a week. And then oh, it'd be done. This is an awful conversation yeah. to end on. Oh, something funny happened in the, yeah, at the yeah. Arsenal game. Me and Ben went to the men's toilet and... The whoa, ma- whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, it gets better. All right. We went to the urinals and there was a man in between us and he did a fart and it was really funny and we laughed and laughed and laughed until we left and that was it. What? It, what do you mean? Okay, well... Uh, follow us on Twitter at screen underscore bucket for updates and goodness um head to at north Arts fm uh, for updates on the radio station and we'll see you again in a fortnight yeah see you later chaps thanks for listening excuse me what and chapettes oh god chaps and chapettes we'll chaps see you chapettes. soon chaps can be a fully uh what's the word webbed term <laughs> It can encapsule all sexes and genders. I know, I'll tell you what. That's bucketers. Bucketeers. Bucketeers. Oh, Screen bucketeers. Yes. That's the name of our groupies. Yay. All All ten of you. Yeah. (laughs) Cheers, bucketeers. Yeah. Cool. See you later. Bye. That was Screen Bucket with Adam and Rob. You learned about movies, now remember your job. There was TV and games, and other stuff too. And now that we've shared it, we've finished reviews.